CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Mark said on this Exploration Friday, the guys here getting ready behind me while they're doing that. Here's what's coming up on the show. It's the high-level executive departures that's weighing on Nike shares, and we'll tell you what it could mean for the stock when it reports earnings next week. Plus, pretty much sums up what's going on with Bitcoin, and that's crushed a number of Bitcoin stocks, except one. We'll give you the name and tell you why traders are excited. And one major tech name from 1999 looks poised for a breakout next week. We'll tell you how to profit. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And let's get right to it because Nike shares were under pressure today after two top executives left the company uh, amidst an investigation for inappropriate workplace behavior. This comes as the stock had been on somewhat of a tear up 15% over the past year, one of the best performing Dow stocks this year. But with problems in the C-suite and earnings next week, should you just short the stock? Let's get in the money right now. And uh, Dan, you're trading Nike these days, huh? Yeah, so I don't know if you just short it um, on an outright basis here, but I think the news today is pretty interesting. I think we're going to kind of become pretty comfortable with these sort of announcements, meaning like I don't think these stocks are going to get sold off really hard for this sort of thing. I think it was interesting how they positioned this announcement. They said that Parker, the CEO, was going to stay on past 2020 um, to kind of, I guess, you know, help uh, serve as a little buffer here. So the way I'm looking at this is really about how the stock has acted over the last six months or so. It's up about 30% from its 52-week lows uh, made in October. The implied move on earnings next Thursday is about 5% in either direction, which seems pretty hefty, but that's how much has moved over the last four quarters. So really what I want to focus on is a little bit of that premium valuation, that failure at that prior high just from late last month here, and the potential for a lot of good news to be in the stock. So to me right now, I just think that you have the potential for a failure Right there at those prior highs, we have a one-year chart, and I'll let Carter talk about this. But this is what really caught my eye and why I'm going to target a move back to 60 over the next five or five or so weeks. Look at that right there. 60 seems to be a great support level. It seems to be right on that uptrend from those October lows. So right now, just targeting the earnings event next week when the stock was trading at 66.50, you could look out to April expiration. You could buy the April 65.60 Put spread, paying a dollar for that, buying one of the April 65 puts for a dollar fifty, selling one of the April 60 puts at fifty cents. Your risk is one dollar. You break even down at sixty-four bucks. You can make up to four between sixty-four and sixty. I like the risk reward here. I think there's probably a lot of good news in the stock, and and you know I just don't think there's a lot of things that are going to take it up over that breakout there's, level. There's two sort of critical reasons why I think I really like the structure that you've chosen and the strikes that you've chosen. For one thing, we often talk about how much a stock moves on earnings, and that's sort of a one-day look. If you take a look at how Nike has typically behaved for the one month that follows earnings, you're looking at maybe a 6 or a 7% move on average. Take a look at the strikes he's chosen. You basically are targeting that move to the downside. The other thing is, you know, why do you want to do a spread going into a catalyst in this case you do see slightly elevated options premiums. And, you know, options will decay a little bit each day. And if you take a look at the, the 65 strike that you're buying, that's going to decay about $3.10 a day if you own it. And the one you're selling is going to decay about $1.80. So that's offsetting a lot of essentially the rental expense of owning options each day as you own it. So I like the structure a lot. 
Let's look at the uh, first chart that Dan had up, which is the issue of where the stock is in relation to where it's been. So the long-term chart, we know that Nike has rallied right back to its highs of 2015. And in principle, a normal condition is after rallying to a prior high, you contend with it, meaning you back and fill. The stock's been doing this now for the better part of three months. Normal. So after contending with a high, you either exceed it, it'll be the earnings that do it, or you back away from it. But it's a perfect setup for a very dynamic moment. Now, it's, is it 50-50 making your bet? It's going to be earnings. I, the one thing that gives me pause about being underweight or shorted is that retail is very poor, and Nike is holding up very well relative to retail. Um, big moment coming. I'm inclined to bet up, but uh, it's not going to be casual, whatever happens. Well, it's what makes the market. Mel started right. like just short it. So the question is, would I be short this stock right here, given what we know about the space in general? We just right. saw Adidas had a massive rally after. To me, I really like the risk reward. I'm wishing $1. You know, I probably have um, a probably 45% probability um, in a week or so of being basically unchanged on this trade. If you look at the kind of the, the deltas that are in, in this option structure here, if I get the direction right. So to me, I have five weeks for this thing to play out here. As long as it doesn't go the opposite way on a big gap higher, I'm in the game. All right, let's move on here. It's not just Nike reporting next week. A slew of other big names are out with earnings, including Oracle, FedEx, General Mills, Micron. Chartmaster says one of those stocks could break out. So why don't you head over to the plasma chartmaster? Yeah, and I thought, you know, my sense tech, it's all tech all the time. Let's talk about an old line tech that, um, if we've got this analysis right, is about to break out. Oracle versus its sector. One-year chart. We know what it is, of course. Oracle is the laggard. Um, having basically underperformed its peers by 50%, so to speak, or its peers doubling it. Here's a longer-term chart. That's one year. The next chart will show us over four or five. There it is. Same circumstance, right? You've got this, this lag. But I want to show you where the lag really started. Take a look at the longer-term chart. Now we're up to where it really started to get juicy. Basically, Oracle is kept, Oracle is kept up until about right here. So I want to zero in on this moment and, and see if indeed Oracle has catch-up potential or pop potential. So several ways to draw the lines. This is a five-year chart. One way to draw the lines would be this, a cup and handle. And that usually is resolved by an up. Next way to draw the lines is a wedge. That usually is resolved up. One more way to draw the lines. After breaking out from well-defined top, often after breaking out, you check back to the top, pivot, and start to go again. So now hold your eye on that classic line right there and look at the long-term chart going back to the dot-com era. And here it is. Look at this. It literally was a check back right to the highs, the breakout, what a setup. Yeah, a classic breakout to all-time highs here. I love it. I want to be long Oracle going into its earnings. Let's chart speak for themselves. I love it, he says. Wow. Mike, how are you trading Oracle? Yeah, so, I mean, we could talk about the fundamentals all day. This is an option, so, though, and we're going into a notable catalyst, and he was making a technical setup. Let's take a look at how the stock typically trades on earnings. And this is a stock that, kind of like Nike, you're going to see 5 to 6% moves on average. What's really interesting is that when I was looking at this earlier today, you could buy the April 52.5 calls for less than a dollar and a half. $1.45 is where these things closed. So those are going to break even to the upside 
if Oracle is above 53.95 by expiration. So if you think about the fact that it could move five or six percent one way or the other, all right, so you're talking about a two and a half, two dollar and seventy-five cent move, you essentially are getting a free look on an option that's going to last until the 20th. Now, of course, if it does go higher, you're going to have an opportunity to do a couple of things. You can sell this option if, you, if it is profitable, or you could roll into a call spread, as Dan very often does in these types of trades. But right now, I think this is really a very favorable price that we're seeing on one-month options going into something. So, like so Mike that. just worked into what we talk about all the time. So we say the implied move in the options market for an event. You know, when you think about it, what is that? That's the at-the-money straddle. So Mike's just buying one half of the straddle. He's buying the at-the-money call. So the implied move is about 6%. He needs a 3% break-even. And so we talk about this in events all the time. It's really important. You need a lot of things just to get... Just to break even, you need to get three things right. You need to get direction, magnitude of the room, and timing right, okay? So these are ones where you, you take these inputs, his charts, they do look kind of good, right? You know, the tech bid for these sorts of names is pretty good, too. Um, but Mike's defining his risk to less than 3% with a $54 break even um, over the next month or so. It seems like a pretty good risk and reward. Here, and here, just in terms of technique or methodology, at least from this seat, right, charts, it's the exact same principle as what we're talking about with Nike, right? When you get to a former high... The reason why you back and fill, as this stock did, as Nike is, because there's memory at the former high. People who own it are just being made whole, and they sell into the move. After contending with it, you can exceed it, as Nike uh, is prospectively going to do. We'll see. Or as Oracle has already done, now I think it should be free sailing. You know, our, our research has indicated that maybe 70 to 80 percent of a stock's movement throughout the year can be attributed to their four quarterly earnings reports, right? So if there's ever a time when you really need to think about whether the options are very fairly priced, and I think they certainly are in this case, this is it. You know, going into earnings as a catalyst. And this is a stock that the street loves, which could cut both ways, of course. You know, so I, I mean, I like the stock fundamentally. They're in the right businesses. But if for some reason it came disappointing, we did see this within the last four quarters. We had a down move that was over 7%. Yeah, so just on the fundamentals, though, the last two quarters, the stock has sold off. It had rallied into the results. Their cloud sales had not hit expectations, and that's what investors are really keyed on right here. So to me, again, it goes back to defining your risk in an event where you need to get a lot of things right just to break even. So the risk-reward makes sense here. The charts look great. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our super cool newsletter. Rumor has it that Dan reads it every night before bed. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. Shares of Square are surging, and it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. We'll explain. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. Bitcoin taking this year, and it's taking down a number of crypto stocks with it. Well, except for one. For more, let's go to a man who never gets knocked down. Dom Chu, back in the newsroom. Hey, Dom. Well, you fast money and options action folks are certainly punny tonight, Melissa. I actually do get knocked down, but I get up again. That's me. As Bitcoin prices, though, and cryptocurrency prices more broadly have been heading lower as of late, those small and in some cases micro cap stocks that tried to ride the wave by putting either blockchain in their names or changing their business plans on a dime to be more focused on crypto, they haven't really fared all that well. So they went up. And in the case of, say, a stock like Riot Blockchain, that upside parabola is still resolving itself downward, a stock that hit a high of over 46 bucks a share around the time Bitcoin prices peaked back in mid-December. 
It's now trading around eight bucks a share. Then you got Longfin, whose CEO came on Fast Money and even tried to talk his stock down. A stock that went public at around five bucks a share got up to nearly $143 a share on blockchain optimism. Now it's closer to 50 bucks. Even more established companies like Overstock.com rode that crypto wave higher and has now lost over half its value since hitting a near-term high in January. The one standout has been mobile payments processor Square. It is working on incorporating some elements of crypto into its platforms, but some will argue that Square goes beyond just a crypto play. In any event, Melissa, Bitcoin prices falling. That's also having effect on assets elsewhere in the market. They're all getting dragged down alongside it, except for some. Back over to you. All right. Thanks, Dom. Dom Chu. Well, as Dom had mentioned, Square has been on fire up more than 200 percent in the past year alone. But if you miss the rally, relax, because Professor Co has got a way to get in. He's over at the plasma with his call to action. Hey, Mike. All right. So we're going to take a look at selling a put spread. Now, why might we want to take a look at selling a put spread? Number one, selling a put spread is a trade that has limited risk, defined by the two strikes that you're both long and short. Secondly, this is a trade where you are collecting premiums. So this is putting time on the <laughs> side. And finally, this depends probably more also on the strikes and expirations you choose, you get a higher probability of profit. So let's take a quick look here. We can see, as Melissa was just referring to, the stock has had quite an enormous move. So to get in and start buying the stock right at this level, you can see that it's come a long way awfully quickly. So what goes up could potentially go, go down. We're going to try to participate to the upside, get time working on our side without taking all of that downside risk. Specifically, what I was looking at was the April 55.50 put spread. You could collect $2 by selling the 55 put for $3.30, buy the 50 put against it for $1.30. That's how you're limiting your risk. That's 40% of the distance between these strikes. Now, importantly, we were talking earlier about if you see an identifiable catalyst, you might want to own options. In this case, their next earnings is actually going to be reported on May 2nd. So these options are going to expire before then, which is one of the reasons why we happen to like this trade, since that would obviously be probably the biggest and most important near-term catalyst that we see. We get to collect some premium before that happens. What do you think, Dan? Uh, I like the trade idea. I think it's the third point is most important. He said a high probability of success. So you shorten out the money option. It's got a, basically a 50% chance of, of being profitable or losing money, that sort of thing. But if it does nothing at all, just sits here, he's collecting as that option decays that he's short at the money. So if you're convicted that it's going lower and you get a quick move higher, you're going to have an opportunity to take this thing off for a quick profit with not a whole heck of a lot of risk. So I like the trade idea. Well, as charts go, it's just, of course, it's parabolic, right? Now, the issue is, does that last forever? For now, it's lasting in almost all tech, right? It's Amazon, it's Netflix. We know that Caterpillar was parabolic, no more. We know that Boeing was parabolic, no more. McDonald's, these are stocks that were up. So at some point, it comes to end, very hard to know when. But surely, if you're long, taking profits is the uh, Can I just make one point? Because we started the segment by talking crypto stocks. Square is not a crypto stock. I mean, they announced that, that some users are able to buy Bitcoin on it. And a lot of analysts who've done work on this company that's expected to do $1.3 billion in sales this year think it's like a 30, $40 million revenue opportunity this year. So if you're buying Square because you think it's a crypto stock, you're buying it for the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, I just want to be really clear so about a that. The question I would have is, you know, yeah. even if this does start to run out of gas right about here, are we expecting a sharp sell-off or do you expect it to trade a well, little bit sideways? Because our break, even in this case, right, 53 no, bucks, which is below where the stock is currently Right. No, that's trading. why that's so smart, right? Because if you think about it, there are very few ends that are just straight up and then 
straight down. That only comes in a biotech where you get sort of force majeure, an act of God a that makes it drop. Event. Usually a great run stalls, just like a great run in anything, a sports season or an, uh, any kind of start, and you start to age and you, and you stall. So it wouldn't be like that. Right, So because the, the options market right now is implying that there's probably about a 65% probability that the stock is going to close above $53 by April expiration. So that's the chances that you either break even, make some money, or make all of the money. Right, so certainly better than a coin toss. Do you think that most investors are in Square because of uh, the, well, the crypto? For, well, because they tried to talk that down on their last earnings and, call. And they're they very should. clear I, about it. I think it. they're smart. They're, they're getting into, they have this cash app, and it's an amazing app, and yeah. it's growing like wildfire. Why wouldn't you have it so you could kind of invest in cryptocurrency? So they don't want to be known as that. One thing that's really important, you know, look at how Bitcoin, the largest cryptocurrency, has done this year, and look at how Square has done. They're totally uncorrelated. So to me, the market's telling you it's not a crypto stock. So I'm just saying don't go buy it because you think it's a crypto stock. Still ahead, Boeing posting its worst week in more than two years, shedding a cool $15 billion in market cap. So is Boeing's incredible run done? The traders will weigh in. Plus, got a question for one of our traders? Of course you do. Send us a tweet at Options Action if it's not mean or laced with profanities. We might read it later on in the show. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in New York City's Times Square. Don't go anywhere. Options Action back right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, two weeks ago, Cohen Carter said Boeing's amazing run was done. One of the principles of trend work is, is that when you're in uptrend, you will check back, check back, check back to trend. Just as when you're in a downtrend, often you will throw back, throw back, throw back to trend. We have now gone longer than any point in the history of the data for Boeing without a check back to trend. I want to make the bet that this current 7% plus minus sell-off is the beginning of something more. I was looking at the May 335, 290 put spread. You could spend $19.75 for the 335 puts when I was looking at it. Sell the 290s against it for 630. And they were right. Boeing shares fell nearly 7% in the past week. It's worst week in more than two years. So now what, Mike? Uh, so, well, first of all, I mean, the trade is up modestly, I would say, at this point. Obviously, we were targeting a sharper move down, and we are giving ourselves a lot more time for that to play out. So my inclination, actually, is to stay in a bearish bet here. Of course, the puts that we bought, those 335s, are now in the money. And so one thing you certainly could do, and I would do myself if you're in this trade, is sell the 335s, roll down maybe to the 330s, so you're at least looking at an out-of-the-money put spread but we still have all the way until May. That's going to capture earnings. We have plenty of reasons to stay in the trade, I think. Right. And, and if you put the context of the sell-off in the context of the preceding move, it's going from 90 to 350, we've given back nothing, right? So in principle, if this is trouble or the beginning of trouble, it's not likely the end of the trouble. Um, do the odds tip in their favor because of uh, the potential trade war and yeah, tariffs? It's funny. You know, this is a situation where this stock hasn't caught a balance where some other sectors did after they got hit hard as these announcements were coming back and forth over the last two weeks. I mean, this thing has lost almost $20 billion in market cap. When you think of the market cap that has been gained by steel and aluminum stocks, it's de minimis compared to what is this one has lost. So to me, I wonder to you, Carter, because it seems like there was a fundamental reason that kind of sparked it, does that give you more conviction that you'll see 300 in the near well, term? Always, in the sense that while I don't look at the fundamentals yeah, yeah. or funnymentals, yeah. as I call it, it's usually something like that that starts to cause the break in the chart. Because otherwise, good trends don't stop. Okay. Up next, your tweets and the final call from the options pits.
Welcome back to Options Action. We've got breaking news on Qualcomm. Let's get to Jackie DeAngelis in the newsroom. Jackie. Hey, Melissa. Well, we are hearing uh, in this press release here that Dr. Paul Jacobs, former CEO and current board member of Qualcomm, will not be renominated to the Qualcomm Board of Directors. That's because of the notification to the board that he has decided to explore the possibility of making a proposal to acquire Qualcomm's. So take a uh, look at shares of Qualcomm trading now. All right, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie DeAngelis in the newsroom. Is this likely? Do you think that this is a possibility, Dan? Well, I think it opens the door to a lot of other things, especially we were just talking about it in the break. I mean, when you look at Qualcomm's balance sheet, you look at the, their licensing issues with Apple that are likely to be kind of shored up in some time in the near future. This is a really, really cheap stock, especially when we've seen $300 billion of M&A in the semiconductor space. So at some point, these guys are going to get in play. I, I don't know who it is. Maybe it's Intel. I know Broadcant can't do it, you know, but at some point, they're going to probably When get we touched on this whole thing last week, one of the things we talked about was the fact that is cheap. It's trading about 10 times EV EBITDA. That's sort of a measure of free cash flow. Guys are going to be issuing a lot of debt. That's what you care about is cash flow. They've got a lot of it. So somebody could conceivably make a run out of it. Right. And a major laggard that obviously has turned the corner. So opportunity. All right. Time now to take some of your tweets. Our first fan asks, how do you calculate probabilities of underlying prices based on options prices? For example, the 63% chance of Square above 53 by April. Well, hopefully your brokerage platform can give you some of those probabilities. But if you can't, one of the things you want to take a look at is the delta of an option that's a sort of back of the napkin way to see what the probability is that a stock is going to be at that level or beyond it by expiration. Final call time, Carter. By Oracle. Nice. So put spreads in square. Dan Nathan. Yeah, Nike. I like the April 65-60 put spread. Wow. Looks like our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. For more Options Action, head to our website, optionsaction.tmbc.com. Don't go anywhere, though. Bad Money with Jim Cramer is up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.